Welcome back to Lakeland Sports, guys. Coming to you from the Festival of Discovery, downtown Greenwood. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, Stan Spivey, the coach in the street with us out here at Palmetto <laughs> Peanuts. Glad to have you along with us. And this is probably the best place, uh, Stan. I know you've been out here for a number of years, but you got to come by the Palmetto Peanuts. So you got the flag out front and the best brisket you can find anywhere around. I'll tell you that much. Well, it's the biggest sporting event going on in Greenwood County this weekend, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, have 90 competing teams coming in. Uh, you know, top prize. I don't. I, it, it, but the, just the grand champion. You know, you you, go, you can win some money, but then you got a lot of people down here. It doesn't matter what kind of barbecue you want, you can get it. Yep. You might have to walk to 90 different places before you find it, but yeah, and you can they've, find it. They've upgraded. There were like. Shrimp tacos and fish tacos a couple yeah. of years ago that got added to all of this. Yeah, so. they got you've got people with the barbecue baked potatoes and the roasted yep. fire roasted corn. Oh, so. and then the barbecue sauce that you want. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, Mustard, it, it, ketchup, vinegar based. It's all here. Sweet, exactly hot. Right. It don't matter. You just have to ask them. And the whole nine yards. Everybody can fill you up. That's for sure. Oh, I've been waiting for it. This is just day one. Remind you, I hope you had a great fourth, first and foremost, uh, yeah. overall. But um, we've got a lot to talk about. American Legion Baseball we'll get into. They've got their alumni game that's going to be coming up uh, a little later on tonight. So we'll, uh, I'll be out there for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, throughout the entire weekend through Saturday, they've got live music all over the place. And we can't forget we've got the state championship starting up out at the Y. I think that's tonight yep. at 8 o'clock. Yep, for the 10 and unders, they get yep. underway there. So that, And the 12 and unders are headed to, to the lower state. Merle's Inlet. Merle's Inlet to yep. play. <laughs> They'll play in the championship games down yep. there so for the right to go to the next uh, regional matchup, I guess. So I think, I think the emphasis for today's show is going to be baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we can start with the underage. They went to the state. They didn't win, but had a good showing, uh, you know, for Greenwood County. And it just shows the quality of baseball that's being played here. Now we got the under-10s playing their state championship. Out at the YMCA, people, you know, if you haven't got anything to do, go out there and watch these kids play. The under-12s, well, if you want to eat seafood, you can run down to Merle's Inlet, catch a game, get you some fresh seafood and come back. <laughs> Or, like you say, tonight, American Legion Alumni Night. I don't know if Braden's going, but uh, he's probably got his hands full. I think he's accidentally volunteered to help his daddy at the Festival of Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Something I sign up for every yeah. year. <laughs> well, we want to welcome you to the Lakeland Sports Guys. Always, we, I mean, we've talked about you, what, for the better part of two years now, for the most part. We've mentioned your name a, a few times. and. Um, Tell us what you're doing right now. Is it, besides working at the Festival of Discovery, what's going on with you? Uh, really, you know, right now summer's really the most important part of a, a baseball career. And when it comes to having that most important part come and play, I mean, you can never not throw. You can't not stretch. You, you got to work out. And you got to stick to the main stuff that you stick to when you would be at school. And just because you're – two and a half, three hours, or even more farther away from a school. And you can't let yourself get carried away in other stuff. you got to stick to what you want to be and stick to it and show it that it means enough to you. So right now just working and uh, doing the best I can to keep up with everything. Now, USC so, Sumter was about two and a half hours from here. It's my yes, old stomping sir. grounds. Folks yep. don't know us. Yep. <laughs> my dad ended up getting transferred into Shaw and uh, ended up staying and graduating from there. So uh, f very familiar with the area. What they've done at USC Sumter as far as building that athletic facility is phenomenal because oh, yeah. it, it was forest. Yeah. <laughs> Last time yeah. I, had, you know, I was there and had seen it, and they have gone through um, within the last, what, five, six years and really added not only baseball but softball and a few mm -hmm. other things. As a matter of fact, um, for just the baseball team right now, and I'm well, not just for the baseball team, but um, they're doing a lot of field repairs, doing court repairs. Like right now, our baseball field is getting some uh, huge amount of uh, work done on the field. It's getting like leveled out, perfect. That way, it'll be the best it can be for us, and really like a 
like a second home for most of the guys, like it, like it should be. And um, I think when when you have a school like that that cares about you and wants everything to look good for you on the field and wants you to look good as well, then it just makes it even better to come back and play. Right. Now, how did how did your first year go? I'm My over. first year went great. Um, yeah. Had uh, nine appearances and I went four for one. And um, fantastic. I I couldn't pl- complain for any better season. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm one of the people. I'm never really happy with how I am. And you know, if you want something bad enough, then you always want better than what you were last. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like there's some parts where I can change, and there's some parts where I can get better at, and that's what I'm going to work for. And the main goal itself is to have a better season than last season, but don't have a worse season than last season. And I feel like that's the most important part. And you know, if you can't let some things go about last season, then the only way to the only way to get over it is to have a better season the next season. So yeah. it's, it's that mental thing up on the mound too is well, is, you gotta you gotta be able to flush it. Yeah. Whether it's a whether it's you that made a bad pitch or a wild pitch, or you know you make a perfect pitch and the guy gets a little bit of aluminum on it, and then your your infield or your outfielder misplays it. You know, you can't let all that get in your head. you got to be able to flush all that. But growing up, we're talking a freshman in college now, so he's played since he was six years old and probably been a pitcher for a lot of that. So, you know, he's learned, I hope, that to how to get get that moment out of your mind. But then you have the great moments too, you know, where – you just stand up there, and you can't throw anything but strikes. I mean, every pitch you throw is a strike. Every, every, it doesn't matter whether they're calling for a fastball, curveball, slider. It doesn't. It's a strike, and and you're sitting there saying, "Oh, this is fun." Yep. <laughs> you know, that's that's when it gets to. Now, the off season too, you know, at Greenwood High, you were throwing what about ninety one, ninety two? No, actually, I was like a little on the lower side. I uh, and. A lot of people don't know, like still to this day, that I tore my UCL in eleventh uh, grade year. So I had uh, I didn't have Tommy John, but I had a UCL repair. Mm-hmm. And at my eleventh grade year, I touched eighty-seven, and then coming out of high school, I touched eighty-eight. So um, it took a little bit of time to get back to it, but you know, at the same time, I've never been happy with my speed. I've never never thought. That was as fast as I could throw, but you know, there's always stuff to to work forward towards, I guess you could say, and to get better at. And I think the thing a lot of people don't really understand is, you know, and I didn't recognize this till I actually had one of the greatest coaches I've ever been coached by. And I've been coached by a lot of good coaches, really good coaches, great coaches. But when I went to college, he made me realize, you know, that it's not just your arm speed. It's not just your legs. Your whole body has to play in with how fast you're throwing, your movement to the plate, and how smooth it is. And, you know, I didn't realize that, and that was a lot of reason why I didn't throw hard in high school mm-hmm. is because my movement wasn't flush. So, gotcha. And that's one thing we, you know, Skeen talked about that, the LSU pitcher. Yep. Um, he talked about that. He, he finally learned his body and how his body worked and understood, I can go out and work, and I can do it right, but I got to get my rest. I can't go out and stay out all night and expect to come in and be ready to play the next day. And I think that's one thing, and Braden maybe could talk. Going from high school to college, you know, high school, you're having fun with your buddies and all. Yeah, you get to college, you want to have fun, you want to have that camaraderie. But it turns into a little more of an importance, a little more of, uh, this is kind of like a job. It's not, I can't miss practices. I can't not, well, like what you were talking about earlier. Even though we're off today, I still got to go to the gym. I've still got to do my stretching. I've still got to do some running. And and that's how the better ball players get better. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they don't just rest on their laurels and say, oh, I got me a college scholarship. Now I'm just going to kick back. And I'll pitch every <laughs> fourth day. And, well, yeah, I know, know that doesn't work that way. <laughs> but I, I think I think you're exactly right. You know, um, I mean, you can't – and uh, I don't – I can't say that I've ever had that thought, but, you know, there's always been a time where it's like, you got to kind of find yourself, and high school, you don't don't really know. You think you're just playing a sport that you love, and then when you get to college, you find you realize where you know, hey, you know, if I want to be at the next level, then I can't let stuff slip. I got to be on it. I got to get my schoolwork done, and then it's baseball time. And I feel like Mr. Stan's absolutely correct when it comes to getting rest and. And doing all that because I feel like, for me, being two and a half, almost three hours away from from my house, mm-hmm. you know, in high school I had my mom and dad. If I had a question, I could ask them. Now, when I get to college, I have two other roommates. That's all I got there. And it's just me and them and the rest of my baseball team and my coaches. And, you know, that's really the only way that you can look at it is you're a, you're a family down there. And... You know, you have to you have to kind of make it your second home, <laughs> no matter how lonely you get. I mean, well, and that's where you build the relationships. And, well, and you learn time management, yeah. and that's yep. I think that's the biggest thing going from high school level yep, to the is. college level. Not only, I mean, you still have to remember that you're a student first and an athlete second, and so you've got to do the book work. You've got to go. These coaches are going to be checking up on you. They know if you were in class or not. You know, it's not like high school. Well, I, I, I think I'll just stay home today. Uh, that don't happen in college. It, well, you might stay home, but then the coach is going to be knocking on your door saying, you need to stop by the office for practice today. So, and it's the time management, getting my papers done, getting my schoolwork done so I have time to devote to the athletic part of the school. But at the same time, I get that time devoted. I still got to have time, some more time for them studies. Them studies have got to come first. And, you know, you want to hang out with your friends in the dorm room, maybe catch a baseball game or something on TV. But then you think, Lord, I got that English paper I got to get written. I need to get my tail down to the library, you know. And sometimes you have to separate yourself from your buddies and take that alone time and just go to the library or a study hall or go see a tutor or something just to get away from it and get your mind back on what you need to have your mind on, and that's your studies. And then once you get that done, it's a relief off your shoulders. Okay, now I can go play ball. I'm relaxed. I can go practice. <laughs> and he, he's right. I mean – and it's, it's important to have that time management aspect of yes. it because you're there first and foremost to graduate. Yes, sir, exactly. So go from there. And, you know, um, with it being USC someday, I mean, you, your main goal there is to move on. It's like our coach says, Coach Tim Medlin, it's, it's like he says, I've never heard anybody put it any better. He told me, he said, uh, Braden, son, I want you to know that USC Sumter is not your destination. It's more of like a pit stop. It's somewhere to stop, change the way you are, and get better for your destination. And I feel like that makes me realize, you know, well, you know, he's right. You know, it's not just a two-year thing I want to do and then stop playing. You know, it's where I want to go to play D1. You know what I'm saying? It's where I want to get better at and learn different things and get smarter with a lot more. So Mm -hmm. just uh, thought I'd share that. So. How how is the addition of of fall baseball? How has that helped you in the spring? To be honest with you, fall baseball in high school and fall baseball in college two totally different things. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have. I mean, it. The seriousness between the two is not even comparable. Really, you know, because high school baseball, you know, oh, we lost a game. It is what it is. We'll, we'll win the next one. Well, college, nothing like that. You lose that, then everybody remembers it, nobody forgets it. And 
it happens the same way in the spring. I feel like if you take games serious in the fall, then you'll take games even more serious in the spring. And that's what what allows people to have a, a better and longer winning streak mm-hmm. and win more games is because, you know, they don't want to feel that feeling of losing. Nobody likes to lose. Everybody hates to lose. But when you let it get deep down into you and really take it, then you don't ever want to feel it again. So yeah. I think <laughs> I, th- I think it's a big deal. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that big of intense – change from high school to but I, I can see that happen I, I can too and well and plus like Braden alluded to earlier I mean he's two and a half hours away from home he's not going to be able to go out have a little practice or have a game and get in his car truck and drive back to his house and daddy sitting there patting him on the back you had a good <laughs> game or if he has a bad game mama sitting over there hugging and letting him cry on her shoulder and she's going to have a home cooked meal sitting there waiting on him yeah. You know, he's got to get back to his dorm room and say, I got to, how, how do I get over this? He's got to yeah. learn to deal with it. But at the same time, oh, I got to go study. Oh, what time does the dining hall close? Have I got time to get there? Or am I going to be eating McDonald's again? Well, McDonald's isn't what I ought to be eating. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's true. He's, Mr. Stan's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take care of yourself in order to be better. Exactly. And then you ma- you mentioned your coaches as far as they go, and, and the head coach is, is so important in, in running the structure of the team. Yes, but the sir. pitching coach for you is probably your next biggest coach that is out there. How has he impacted well, actually, you as a pitcher? You know, it's, it was this way in high school. My uh, coach was Coach Matt Baker, and he was my pitching coach. Um. And then when I went to college, I was like, oh, it'll be totally different. And it was the same way. My coach, my head coach in college is my pitching coach. Oh, wow. So I feel like – and I can't ask for any better. I love I love my coach to death, like love him with all my heart. And it doesn't matter how mad he gets at me or anything. I still love him to death. And I just – I don't know. I think the reason why is because he's so downright honest – and so pure with us. He wants us to do so good that when he's an honest head coach, he's going to be an honest pitching coach. Mm-hmm. And he's going to tell you what you need to hear, and he's going to tell you what you don't want to hear, but what it, what's actually good for you. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of people don't really, don't really get that connection. But I think a head coach that's a pitching coach, you get a, a pretty tight connection and that's that's what I got with my coach. Cool. I've enjoyed it very much. So, <laughs> are you learning any new pitches this summer at all, or working on adding to that repertoire? Uh, it's actually grips that I've learned. My changeup grip has changed, and my curveball grip is uh, more dominant to the middle finger. So, okay, um, yeah. But I, I've uh, I've learned a lot. <laughs> Seriously, it's and it's, uh, the, it's the little things that exactly. you didn't think about when it's, you were in. That's the things that mean the most. Yeah, seriously. Take um, care of the small details, and that's like I say, dot your eyes, cross your t's, and just learn your body. Of course, he's put on a few pounds. We will give him that. They feeding him he's well. Been, yeah, he's now. been in the weight room. Oh yeah. So he's been in the weight room. So and he'll you know another year he'll he'll put on some more weight and. Uh, He'll learn how to control that aspect of it. And it's just the difference between the high school ploy, the, you know, the little league, pony league, Dixie youth, whatever you're playing it, you can learn to play the game. But every level you go up, there's something else that you need to learn. There's something else that maybe you missed a coach. Maybe he told you. And you just kind of, ah, he don't know what he's talking about. I'm going to keep throwing it the way I'm throwing it because that's the way I know how to throw it. I don't trust changing the grip. You know, maybe I want to throw a two-seam fastball. I don't want to throw a four-seam. I'm not comfortable throwing, you know. It's the little things. But you get to practice and you do it enough. You get confidence in yourself. And the coach is going to see it and he's going to be able to pick it out. And that's what his job is. 
And then no. he's going to come to you and he's going to, you, sometimes you might like what he says, but more times than not, you're not going to like it until after you get a chance to think about it. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I think one of the biggest things for me was my coach, one of the biggest things he taught us about is change. He loves the word change because if you can change the way you were from high school to college, then you can be better than what you were from high school to college. And by him saying change, I've, one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn and that a lot of my relatives and family members don't realize is high school baseball, you know, it, it looks quick. But you get out there on the mound in college, everything's constantly faster and faster and faster and faster. And before you know it, you've thrown 10 pitches in an inning and you're walking off the mound already because – Everything goes by so fast. And I just – I feel like that's something that people don't pick up on is uh, that the games, no matter what level they are, they may be played for the same reasons, but they are played totally different when it comes to time. Everything's faster. And I love it like that. It's, it's fun. It's fun having it like that. It's, it's exciting. Well, did you have any any – I don't know what word to use. When you got to college and all of a sudden you've got a pitch clock now and you might have, you know, baseball players are suspicious. I mean, they, they don't, you know, they, they got all these superstitions. I can't step on the line. I got to wear the same socks or I tied my left shoe before I tie my right or, you know, <laughs> everything. And then all of a sudden you get to college and you've got these little, oh, well, I'm going to walk out to the mound. I'm going to walk around the mound a couple times. I'll pick up the rosin bag and rub it on my hand. And i got to put it right back in this spot. And then I tow the rubber. Well, I, you know, i got to dig a little bit. Oh, I ain't got but two seconds. Oh, have I got my pitch yet? Uh, <laughs> let me look at my my wristband or my watch on my arm to find out what pitch yeah. I'm. Can you tell Stan's not a big fan of the pitch clock right now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I like the pitch clock. I think it's great for the speed of the game. I think some pitchers will have problems with it; others don't. Uh, and Braden may be able to talk a little bit about this. If you get a base runner on first, and you've got your pitch clock going, and it's getting down. You know, at some point in time, you have to make your mind up. Exactly. If if I'm going to try a pickoff move on him or am I going to go to the plate, well, they got coaches sitting over there in another dugout with looking at the clock and, okay, he's at five, if, he, if he gets to five seconds, he's not throwing over. So if, when you see the pitch clock go to five, take off because he's going home. Or, well – he might not go home to two seconds. Yep. And, and it's, it's given the offensive player, once he gets on base, some I can see it could be an advantage to a base stealer. And we have noticed base stealing's up this year. Yeah, I mean, got we got kids 30, 40 just running them. all over the place. And it, I don't think the kid, they may be bigger and stronger than what they were last year, but it's the same player. And – I think it's affected the game in that aspect. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you still bat at all? Go through batting practice, all that stuff? No? No, uh, actually, one of my main jobs is fungo. Yeah. Us pitchers, well, especially at USC Sumter, our coach values everybody's time and effort as the same. Nobody has more effort than the other. And if you do, then you stick out. And he knows who you are, but he'll never tell you that. And I feel like that's what's so special about my coach is, you know, even though he might like somebody more, he's not going to show you that. He treats everybody equal, and everybody has to do the same thing. Whether one works harder than the other, everybody's got to earn spot. And – you know, the first couple of weeks, everybody's out for blood because they want <laughs> they want the spot. I'm not joking. Freshman year was was crazy the first month, but um, sophomore year will be the same way. And I mean, I 
I influence. I hope I can encourage all the younger guys coming in that, you know, their goal should be try to take a sophomore spot because that was my goal. And I don't like to brag at all. And um, I feel like, you know, even if you do make the team, don't be cocky. Don't be anything like that. Play the game that you love and do it the way that you really want to do it and show that you care about it enough and everything will play out for you. In the in the long run, good advice for the incoming freshmen for this year. I don't know where the rest of our crew disappeared to. Well, Chris Cox has made going, his I way. Was, <laughs> I, he's probably looking for something to eat. Uh, he's actually helping Beverly out um, with the yeah. peanuts. So good. <laughs> At least he's doing something, <laughs> earning his keep. And keep him busy. Everybody's staying busy. Yeah. Yep. But Brandy, thanks so much for coming out and talking Thank with us. We appreciate it. And Thank you. You know, we'll we'll keep following you. Yeah, I bet you didn't know you had three old guys that were out here following. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? And one we day might, we might. I might get your phone number from your dad, and we may call you one day during the fall. Of course, we tied up so much with football, but we can maybe call and get a. Maybe get you to talk to your coach and see if he, you and he both would kind of make a phone call to us. I know your time's valuable, his time is valuable, and uh, but we that yeah, we'll go through the, the athletic department. And yeah, get, all that get the athletic department, and we can, Thanks. you know, not only for your benefit but for the coach's benefit. I mean, the more we talk about you and being at USC something and how much you like it. There may be somebody else, maybe exactly. somebody at Greenwood, maybe somebody at Emerald or over at Dixie or 96, and they hear us talking about it, and they say, well, you know, maybe I want to go down there and at least look at the school. Yep. You know, let's ride through the campus. We need to look at it. And, you know, I think one thing that everybody should know is nothing in life comes easy. And if it's going to be great, it's not going to be easy. If it's going to be something you want, it shouldn't come easy. And USC Sumter, he doesn't take it easy on us, you know. But at the end of the day, if you're tough and you really love the game as much as you say you do, and it means enough to you, and he sees you put the effort in, he sees you trying your hardest, and I can promise you, you'll be on the mound, you'll be at third, you'll be at first, you'll be in the outfield playing or you'll be hitting. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the love for the game and who's passionate enough to be back on the field day after day. Yeah, good advice. As a teammate, who on your team, I mean, we know the pitchers, but out of the starting nine position players, do you have a a special relationship with any of them that you just feel more comfortable when he's – when the guy's playing, this guy's playing third, or this guy's in the outfield. Or no. We know the catchers. Are, the catchers are the catchers. We can kind of rule them out. But. Honestly, most of the guys say we had – okay, so our shortstop's name was Lane Tobin. He's at the Citadel now. He's committed over there, and now that's where he goes to school. But it, then at third, we have Tristan Tillman. And at second, we'd have – um, Brandon Powell, and at first we'd have Capers Melina Roli. And at home we would have Dario Villaron. And then the outfield guys. But, you know, everybody after those people, those nine guys that were on the field, everybody after them, they were all as good as the guys that were on the field. So it was – it's never really been a feeling for me that, oh, well, I trust this guy more than this guy. guy because, you know, at the end of the day, you're all a team, you're all a family. You know, if you can't trust one guy the way you can another when a ball's coming 98 miles an hour at him, then that's not that's not a team, that's not a family, that's nothing. And, um, I mean, that's a really good question. Well, well I mean, and, 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 and that's the difference, too, I think, on a lot of times uh, high school ball. That's where a lot of the high school differentiates from the college. Yep. The college, you've got to be a teammate. Yeah, I mean, you mature so at, much more. At, in high school, oh, 
I'm mad with him, you know. I, you know, the coach is calling for the inside. He might want to throw it. I'm gonna throw one inside and see if he can't take his head off with one of them 98 mile an hour balls back at him. You know, just because. I mean, just some simple something. You yep. know, maybe maybe he was fussing because you made a bad pitch and. Oh, come on, you just extending in it. No, uh, you know. Yep. I mean, you can't. But that's the biggest difference, I think, that, uh, too, like you say, going from high school to college, you have to grow, and and yep. that's part of it. Yep. I mean, that's, that's the way I've seen it. You know, I trusted all my guys, and I say my guys, but my teammates. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you're on the mound, the game doesn't play unless you pitch mm -hmm. while you're on the mound. But I feel like if you can trust everybody the same, you know, you're going to have a special relationship with other guys and close relationship. And my roommates are close to me. Um, but if you can't trust them the same way you trust a closing pitcher or a backup catcher, then why do you call yourself a team and why do you call yourself a family? It's just the way I look yeah. at it. Yep. That separates the good teams from the bad teams. Yep. That's like us. Yeah. Me and you, anyway. I don't know where the rest of our crowd is. We hang together. Well, there comes Diddy. Yeah, it looks like your ride is here. I think. I think. I think, I think, Duty he, calls. I, think I think he's wanting you to go back to work and earn your dollar. <laughs> Hopefully, he's already got the job done. I just get to sit back and chill out, huh? There you go. But yeah, thank y'all. I, I really do appreciate we it. We appreciate you coming um, on, taking the time out yeah. of your day. Seriously. Feel free. We're usually here Mondays and Thursdays at Howard. So All right. you're in town again. You know, during that time, please stop by and see us. We'd love to talk to you again. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Right. Thank y'all. Yeah. All right. We're here at the Festival of Discovery. Glad to have everybody here joining us, uh, as well as the food that is just smelling wonderful that is uh, already being uh, cooked. It has been be cooking, what, since 6 o'clock this morning? It's been cooking early. Oh, we almost had a fender bender, y'all. That's a red light down there. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we might ought to back up into the, get out of the grass. We love to have automobiles flying so. at us. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with American Legion Post 20 because this is a dead week for high school ball. There's nothing yep. going on for any of the sports that are out there. Um, but American Legion is continuing on. Now, this game was supposed to take place last week uh, on, uh, well, I guess it was Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. um, and it's the last regular season game before they end up going into the playoffs next week. Uh, this game really doesn't affect Greenwood Post 20 as much as it does Anderson. Anderson right now is in the second spot in League 6, whereas Greenwood right now is in that third spot um, that is there. And the playoffs will start on Monday as they get uh, ready to get everything going. And it looks like Greenwood's going to be on the road for the first time in the playoffs for the first day in the playoffs, they're going to yeah. have to go down to take on Richland, um, down at Richland, which is you know always a challenge anytime you have to go down to that area uh, that's down there. But if they win, then they'll probably have to take on Greer, who they've already they played a couple of times and beat once. Times. Yeah, we beat them, so we may have a little bit of an advantage yeah. there. And Greer gets to take on uh, Chapin Newberry. Uh, in the process of all that. And, of course, there is a winner's and a loser's bracket, so it's a double elimination uh, as it comes around. So, you know, odds are pretty good that if, if, if Greenwood does win, they'll probably play Greer. If they lose, they'll probably end up um, playing, playing Newberry Chapin. Newberry Chapin. Who they played before, too. Yeah. So, so the game this year, yeah, you know, <laughs> got rained out in that process, but you get an opportunity to play them, and Chapin Newberry would have to come to you because you would be the higher seed. And that's what we, you know, we want to win. Mm -hmm. I mean, Post 20 wants to win. These guys work hard every day, and we we want to be crap. We want them to play at home out at Nave Stadium, and for the Greenwood people just to get out there and pack the stadium and, and cheer these guys on. Let's... Uh, Baseball is, a, of course, all sports, any of them. Uh, when you're at home and you've got your fan base behind you, they can pick you up, and they can help you get through some hard times to, to get things going. And when that things are going right, they're going to be right there hollering and screaming with you, and uh, it just makes for a fun night at the ballpark.
Yeah, and the Greenwood Bats really came to life on Thursday against Greer. I mean, he ended up winning, what was it, 11 to 11 4, I think, four, I think. Uh, sure. was the final on that one. But it, it was one where the bats started early from the from the get-go, and they managed to keep pace with Greer. And then just the pitching of Pat Wood and Driver um, was phenomenal. And I would suspect that we're going to end up seeing um, – those two guys probably next week, but not tonight. I'm not sure who's going to be end up pitching tonight, but we'll also see uh, Hamby maybe in that Either. first game on Monday. That could be a possibility could be. as well. Could be. Yeah, I think everybody's wanting to see Mason. So. Yeah. But I think Tom, now we're at the part that we're unfortunately we're almost at the end of the year, so the bats are coming together. But like I said, it's, the season's so short. Let's just be honest. I mean, it's not, it's, it's almost like USFL. It's a month yeah. long, and and now it's when they're gelling as a team. And now it's when it's important. And these are the games now that you need to win, Stan. You, yeah. I heard you say that earlier. These are ones that you were expecting to win when the season started. And because you didn't have all your players that lined up in the right spots and play in the right positions, like in Anderson, who is an – I won't say an easily beatable team because they're one of the better teams this year. But now you got to take control of that and show them where you are and, and what you're, you're back to doing what you're doing at Greenwood at post-20. So – and you've been lucky to see it. So. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten to see all but two yeah, of the games yeah. so far um, that are there. And, and true, it, you've, I've got to watch them gel, as you said, over the course of the last four weeks in the process. And this is the time that you really want them to come together uh, is right here at this time. And, and, yeah, we had some great guys that were on the team last year, and we are a little young this year. But I think those guys learned from the team last year and what they needed to do. And, and, and it's showing right now here in this last week and a half, two weeks. And it's good. It's the leadership from the, the guys that played last year that came back to play again this year, and they've helped them make that transition from maybe the junior team to the varsity team, and uh, this that will help them going forward into their senior year of high school. A lot of them, some of them may be in their junior year, and uh, we've had we've got. What did we we figured we counted it up one day how many high schools we had represented at post 20. It's, yeah, it's Greenwood post 20, but it's not Greenwood High. It's not Emerald. It's not, not you know. It's all these schools and all these players coming together to play for one name on the front of that jersey, and that's post 20 baseball and. Used to be American Legion post-20? American Legion post-20, and it's a tradition in Greenwood that I don't forgot how many years. It's It's, uh, I think we're on our 84th or 85th year. Consecutive. Consecutive baseball. And you you think of 84 years. That's a long time. And there are a lot of posts that will have a team for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden they don't have one, and then they'll have another one over here. To, so, but it's been a pretty much standard that Greenwood is going to have a post-20 baseball team. That's just, and it's filtered down. And now, uh, with Ty Vines being the athletic director over there, uh, I know last year and probably this year too, he will be the number one athletic director in the nation as far as number of participants in his programs. <laughs> and you look at it, and he's got not only the, the big boys, he's got the girls softball team, and he's got two three. or three, three junior teams. And, you know, he's got probably over 100 players. That, that, that speaks volume not only for Ty and – post 20 and what they're willing to do for those guys but for the guys to stay here at home and play and and be successful because all of these guys are winning they're not a bad bad team you go watch any of them and you're gonna see some some players i'm watching traffic this is is crazy to me right here you're you're doing it the wrong way they have unloaded this whole jeep right here Blocking traffic at the red light. Yeah, well, that, that might have been why we heard the brakes hit a while ago. They're in no hurry. So yeah. anyway, but uh, it was great. I got to hear some of your Braden's interview with y'all. We've been talking about him for a long time. I had a chance to talk to his dad, uh, and so he's a guy. We'll be well. He'll be back on again because, like I said, his dad says every time he's in town now, he knows where we are, yeah. and uh, that's what I was. We were talking to him about Lakelands and everything like that. And he was talking about just a Lakelands team, and that's kind of what a post twenty could be. Yeah. Your Lakelands yeah. post twenty. Yeah. 
um, kind of deal. But just super, super kid, man. And the one good thing about it is we get, you got to have almost that one-on-one. Tom was asking him a couple questions, but Stan actually got to do the interview. And I, and I like the questions that were posed because he's not at home. And his daddy heard what he said. He says, oh, but his mom and I hear about it. Yeah. So evidently that home-cooked meal, whenever he comes home, there's two or three he takes back with him. So, And you know all about that, Stan. So. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just a great interview. I mean, we, we couldn't ask for better weather, guys. I mean, we're in the shade right now. It's, it's, it's humid, but it's, it's overcast in a way. Uh, we're just hoping that rain stays going for a good festival week. Biggest sporting event in Greenwood County. It is, and you know I've got a friend that's uh, on the uh, uh, tasting committee. He's one of the the judges. Oh Lord, here we um, go. You know, and I, <laughs> I always try to get the inside, and he's like, "We're not allowed to have our phones when we judge." So, yeah. you know, it, it's one where he's got to stay in the car somewhere else, and so I can't even get the inside scoop on what's going on. Nobody can. <laughs> not even the mayor. So, well, well, after you, if 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 you are a competing team and anybody that might want to look into it, uh, this is a Kansas City Barbecue Association sponsored event, so it is blind judging, which the judges do not know whose box is whose. Uh, at the end of the show, after all the awards have been given out, you will get your sheets from the judges that actually judged your product that you turned in, and it, they will have on there, you know, all kinds of different things. You know, maybe it wasn't tender enough for them, or maybe it had too much salt or not enough salt, or who knows what they can put on there. But uh, you get that, so you get a, a reading, and you can, and they list all the teams, and you can see what your, where your total points, where you ended up, against everybody else, you know. You don't want to be down there at number 90. You know, you want to be up there in that, in the upper group. But, and with, I think there's five different meets and five different categories that you go into. You're not going to place first in every one of them. I mean, you go to some of these things in the grand champion, place first in nothing. But they had a lot of seconds and thirds and fourths. Mm -hmm. And all them points just added up. I know, okay, well, we're going to give you the big trophy. And just like Chris uh, with Ultimate Tailgate, I told you, he won a couple of weeks ago down in Myrtle Beach. The trophy was a mini surfboard. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> and that's what he says. You know, we go to all these things, and if you win, you get a trophy with a pig on it or something like that. And, and these guys walk out with a mini surfboard. Now, it's got printed on it what mm -hmm. it is, but that's just he thought it was neat. You know, that plus all the cash he brought home. But uh, a mini surfboard, I'm like, okay, that being at the beach, I can understand it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that's making it a lot of fun. Everybody's giving out trophies, and yeah. trophies are good for – but you get something unique like that. Yeah. That that's, one, that's one you want to put up and, and, and showcase at your home or your business. place of business or whatever and – if you don't have a place of business, and a lot of these guys out here do, you know, those trophies just get stuck up on the wall to collect dust like all the rest of them. And you can look up there and probably see 10 of the same trophy. But You're talking about you the judges. Stan, how many years ago was it that, what's the guy's name, Myron Mixon that was here? Oh, Myron's been here a couple of times. He's, he's a yeah. pit judge or whatever for all these pit master right. shows that you see. He's a legend, let's say. And, I mean, that brought – how many yeah. extra teams in when he with him judging? Yeah. I think that was the biggest year we had. That, that and it's just gotten as big, you know, every year since. So, and it's something to be proud of here in Greenwood. I'm telling you. But let's talk about the staff for a second here because they have done. They've worked all year towards this. I mean, and, and what they do for Uptown Greenwood, not only with the Christmas parade and and everything else they do, but this is their biggest event of the year. And for them to get all the volunteers That's and everything, key. this this starts like next month. Yeah, well, it'll start next week. I think most of them might take a day off next week, but it's a, it's a couple of million-dollar influx into not only the city but the county of Greenwood and bringing a lot of people in from all kinds. You know, you'll have from North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, Florida, no telling where. And like Chris alluded to, we've had some big boys that 
you watch the Food Network and you watch some of these barbecue shows and watch some of the teams that are competing on those. Well, you look at the guy sitting right here beside me, Ironhead Barbecue, featured on Food Network Barbecue USA. I mean, these guys are here. These are the big guys. These are the guys that do this for a living. And standing there's the reason when I walk around, I remember Randy Young went to Hash House. They competed one year, but the reason he competed because he wanted to see how these guys offer the food work and they yep. do it. Yeah. How they do their briskets, how they cook their hash, yeah. and, and, and it's more of a learning experience even for y'all. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you, you pick up something every year when you're up here and you learn how it's, well, that guy's got a brisket doing the other way. Let me ask you about this brisket. But. Well, and you learn that, you know, and you never know with judges. Uh, some years, you know, they might like a little twangy more sauce. Some years eh, might be wanting a little more sweet. Then you might have some that want a little heat. So you never know. You might have three, just like myself, I make three different barbecue sauces, but I'm sitting there, okay, what do I put on this meat before I turn it in? Is this going to be a sweet year or is this going to be a hot year or, or what? So it's, and it's just a crapshoot. Like you say, your friend, they, they want none of the judges. You see them walking around, and they might look at you and they'll speak to you and all. Well, you don't know gonna, who they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, and you don't know who they are. You don't, and they're not going to tell you. Well, I like mine sweet, or I like mine a little tangy, a little mustard, a little <laughs> vinegar. You know. Uh, so but, that's that's a job in itself because you actually have to take a course. Yeah. In how to judge barbecue correctly, and now, and now I, I, I'm here again. I'm going to get off on my high horse here. Uh, one of the categories is tenderness. Okay, now with a brisket, and this is taught in the class, that you take a slice of brisket and you pull it, and that's called a snap test. Well, if it snaps, it's tender. Dude, I can pick up a piece of meat and put it in my mouth and tell you if it's tender or not. I don't have to put a piece and do this stuff and see if it falls apart. You know, everybody says fall off the bone ribs. You, that's an overcooked rib. You're supposed to be able to take a bite out of it and see your teeth print still in the meat. He's applying for the job next year to test her. You know, <laughs> no, no, which, which, I, I don't want nothing to is, do with That might put us up there, too. So we do podcasts while he judges. Well, we're just waiting on you to get up there for the hot dog. You know what? Contest. It's funny that you said it because I was going to say this because I, I had texted Caroline the other night who's doing it for Howard. She's representing Howard's on Main Saturday. And uh, just for – giggles i was putting a cuss and you'd have to edit but just for giggles at home the other day i said you know what i got about four buns left i said let's see what i can do for real now i did put ketchup mustard i did do that and i had the bun and the hot dog i did five now i didn't count the times it wasn't no i mean it wasn't wasn't 30 or 40 minutes i mean it probably was 15 minutes but i mean i think if it's something like chestnut that practices i think you could be pretty good at it because for one i wasn't really sick and i did use this because I wanted to see if I could do it that way. And what you do is, is you watch him, he dips it in the water, and then he does it. And, and it would make the bun a little more soft to go down. Uh, and you're going to get the, the, the windy's going to, you got that anyway. So if you do a mustard ketchup, it's fun, man. Like like she was talking about, she's going to have relish and chili in it. And I was like, well, you know, that's when we got into the talk about, well, you better not do that and be drinking up there and stuff like that. Because then you're going to get everything on your clothes. It's going to be hot. And we, we just had a good fun time talking about the, the hot dog eating. But I wanted to try it. I've never done competition. Um, but it, it would be something you have to practice for because, like I told you, he's not happy with 60-whatever. He wants 77, and he's yeah. going to retire. 66, I think it was. He yeah. wants 77 to retire. So that's 11 more hot dogs than last, the other day. And he has eaten 70-something. Here's, here's the funny thing. Do you realize he's a, he's a competitive eater? Yeah. After this month, he's going somewhere else and do something totally different. Time he makes his living, yeah. yeah well, I mean, well, he he was in one of the guys that was up there. Another competitive eater had beat him in a wings eating contest, so he was wanting. You know, this is that friendly com- competition here. Well, I'm gonna beat you in the hot dog eating. And I mean, he smoked him. I mean, the guy had like 48, and chestnuts up there was 65 plus. You know. <laughs> Um, I don't know how much, how the wings went as far as yeah. I think uh, the record here for the, this one is what sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not 
up there on that level. But it's only eight minutes. It's not. Wouldn't it yeah. kind of be cool to, to for for Brandon for Mayor Smith to get a guy like Chestnut to come in? But the thing is, what would you have to pay a guy to come in yeah. here for that? Mm-hmm. You know, Nathan's ain't going to just. Well, if they were doing the contest, maybe. Yeah. But with it being Carolina Pride, I don't think they would have the money to pay him. But I'm waiting on a taco eating contest, buddy. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I will take that one to test. Hard shell, soft shell. Either. I like them both. You give me, I, I think, think the soft, soft shell would be easier. Would be easier. Yeah. And if you're going to do something like that, a little small burrito or something like that, oh, yeah. We, let's, we can get it going. Well, I, I feel sure we can probably get Google it, and we can find a taco eating contest somewhere around. <laughs> now, we might have to go out to Arizona and New Mexico, but uh, well, no, why, why don't we see if we can get – Maybe the Lakeless Sports guys can sponsor that one. For Here we go. Time. Oh, Lord. Here's what we're going to do because, like I said, we got a brand-new park in Troy. It's called Wisteria Park. Um, I have. We're, it was going to be called the Wisteria Festival, but there's only, like, 90 in the United States on the West Coast. <laughs> so we, we will be doing a first annual uh, festival, and we're going to probably put it around whenever Greenwood County decides to open the park. Officially, it's open, but come down and have a ceremony and stuff. We're looking at doing the first annual Wisteria Festival in. That's something we look at doing. Okay. We're I'll, do the, I'll do the taco part. Do the taco part. All right. There you go. I'll see if I can't provide some of that. Uh. <laughs> oh, we still go to the places like well, the other places and yeah. like that. But, I mean, it's it's – like I said, this is amazing here. I go to a lot. Y'all know me. I'm I'm traveling all the time. Oh, I'm, I'll be here if if we didn't have a baseball game tonight. I'd be here tonight, tomorrow from noon to about eight, and then again well, on the Saturday key, all mean, day. And I think that's what we should. And like I was telling you, I mean, even if we were to set up on Saturday here with Stan, we still could go up there for the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. yeah. Not really broadcasting. We don't want to get into that because that, there's probably licensing fees and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I don't. But just to go out there and just do it for the Lakelands and meet Lakelands. Look at it today. We've been talking about this kid for how many months now? Yeah. And he's with his daddy right here, and we get an interview right there. William Perry might be around the corner of your smoker right there, and we don't <laughs> even know it. Well, that, and that's what we hope. You know, if we we see somebody up here that uh, 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 we'd like to keep it uh, Lakelands-based as far as, you know, you may have played – high school football in 96 or where it shows you went on and played in the at a college level at what whatever division you know if you're walking down here eating if we're out here broadcasting stop by the table you know we'd love to talk to you we're not going to keep you here forever mm. unless you're like Braden and then he just wanted to keep talking but that but he was informative and I kept I kept waiting on Chris Chris come, never showed up. He was, I, I kept waiting on Chris to come <laughs> over here, and the first question is they're gonna ask him was, "Well, what was your NIL deal to get you to go to something?" I wasn't worried about. I was waiting on no, it. No, because he was and I deal. wanted to see what he was gonna say. I had already talked to his dad, so I was over there doing yeah. the resource and uh, also uh, trying to help you out over there a little bit. But um, like I said, one thing that we got to do, Sam, we got to get them peanuts ready because they hot, buddy. Let me tell you, put them in them bags. Well, I know they hot. They warm. Let's just say that. But uh, like I said, it, I heard every part of bit of the interview, and so was his dad. And I was like, hey, man, you want to get on and say anything? And he was like, nah, he, but he'll talk their ears off. So, And uh, that's what good? we want. That's what we want. And I just, like I said, if we're up by the fountain for this hot dog eating, I will almost guarantee you there's somebody here that's done this before. That it yeah. has been a competitive yeah. eater that may not be in this contest here or may be in this contest yeah. here. You may get a guy here that was in Atlanta last week and competed in their Firecracker 500, yeah. whatever, hot dog eating contest that ate 30, that ate 40. They might not, they're probably not going to eat 60, Tom. If they are, luckily the hospital's right over there, but uh, especially in the heat. <laughs> but I would almost bet you there's going to be a competitive eater here somewhere that eats something. You'd be a good brisket competitive eater i don't know i, could I, don't, know, I, don't, I don't know how you would how you would judge that though i guess you could just put out 20 pounds out there and see how much you could eat in i think you should minutes. do the wings or the ribs that's the that, ribs would be the wings yeah. would be good yeah you could do that would be you know different mm-hmm. type deals i mean if you're really looking like stan says if you cook them right they stay on the bone that makes it even that much that more challenging better. yep well, what, like you say, if you go, if you go to, let's say, a Carolina Tavern, you get the ribs and they fall off that bone, they probably they, they basically a they're, too o- long. They're, they're overdone by what? And this long. is by the Kansas City Barbecue Association judges because I have taken that class, but I took it 
not because I wanted to be a judge, but I wanted to take it to see what them judges are being told what to look for. And <laughs> we got Brandon Smith walking by. Yeah, we can't get him <laughs> so over right here, now. He's though. got his whole family with him. Yeah. He's checking out the barbecue spot so as of right yeah. now where he's going to end up eating lunch. Yeah. <laughs> but if we do have a, a former athlete that's walking around down here eating, you know, stop by and give us a holler. We'll, we'll, we'll work something out with you. I also want to make mention that uh, with the barbecue does comes the Blues Festival as well, yep. so you want to enjoy some of this great music that's going to be out here. We saw uh, Bad Weather State's already getting set up. I think they're playing today um, up there at uh, Howard's uh, Top upstairs. Of Howard's, yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> they were hauling some equipment up and down, but we got some great guys that are coming in from Mississippi. You got Terry Harmonica Bean that's going to be coming in from South Carolina. Blues Deluxe is going to be here. Um, the list just goes on and on, but of course, you, you know everybody's favorite has got to be uh, Shrimp Slim. Shrimp Out of City Slim, Out yeah. Of Charleston, yeah. And he and and Shrimp City, he's been the music coordinator for this thing for I don't know how many years. Mm -hmm. I mean, he may have been the first one they had, but I don't think he was the very first one. But and Shrimp City's not a young man. He's getting on up there, so we're going to have to be looking, and I'll tell Julian this when in all our love after the stuff so weird little stuff that we got to send back in you know I love Shrimp City don't get me wrong and but he needs an assistant <laughs> somebody that will be able to take over 10 years from now you're talking about him directing it up here you know being in Charleston he that's all he probably does well that's all he does I mean and he he knows all the, the blues people from Louisiana up north, everywhere. He knows all of them. And he, he's been at this festival enough times that he knows the people are going to turn out. Well, this place and they're, and they're, and they're going to every venue uptown. I mean, every venue, I don't care how big or small, will have a blues guy in it. And I think they start this afternoon, or some of them may have started this morning, and they will be playing till Saturday night at 1 or 2 o'clock oh, yeah. in the morning. And that's just in the, the venues around town. That's not counting the ones that's going to be on the main stage going from 10 o'clock in the morning to midnight and after. Uh, so you get to see a lot of people. There's, I don't think anybody charges admission, uh, a cover fee. It's just I come on in and... You can come in and you can sit and whoever you want to. There's a lineup. Pick up your Festival Discovery little brochure and it'll tell you who's playing where and when. And if you've got a particular favorite, you can go see them. Another one of the favorites I went to, he was here two years ago. I don't know if he was here last year or not, but Eugene Hideaway Bridges. Mm -hmm. I can personally vouch that that dude, he can <laughs> – it is good music. Well, and I, I want to hear the harmonica guy. I, I like I like Terry Harmonica up. Bean. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I want to hear him. So, but it all gets started uh, today. Downtown's going to be closing here at six o'clock. They're going to block off all this traffic. Of course, everybody. You notice everybody who drives by right now has their window down, smelling yeah. the barbecue. <laughs> they, I remember, don't think I've seen Car had his window down. I don't want to jinx myself because I'm here this year. Thank you, Jesus. But last year I could see the smoke from the hospital on the top floor where I was at. <laughs> And I couldn't smell it, but I was, and I just wanted to bust that window out so bad just to get that barbecue smell. And everybody came, Willie came in and I was like, you didn't bring a barbecue? I don't think I can get it in here to you. Oh, yeah, you can. We can sneak it in. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, this is a this is a great event. I, I'm amazed, though, that, that you've got your businesses open downtown. And it, once they do, I'll go ahead and tell the mayor this and so It might not be a bad thing to start shutting this thing down right here from the get-go. As soon as 8 o'clock rolls around in the morning, go ahead and stop. I know you got traffic coming through, but there's too many people taking advantage of the stopping and turning their caution lights on and unloading. We're saying you would never do that. but no. Well, they, <laughs> they, they highly discourage that. And... Uh, Y'all heard the other rig that was right behind Tom yeah, Carroll yeah. here. Yeah, we heard, we heard the squealing tires. But, uh, you know, it's really not the city's call. You're right. It ha they have to go. These are state roads. They have to go to, through the State Department of uh, Highways and all to even have them shut down. Mm -hmm. And they have to have a plan, you know. A traffic like, pattern. Where a they traffic go. pattern. And, and, and that... That goes all the way to the fire department and the EMS and the police 
They know what roads are going to be blocked off. They know they, how they're going to have to get around it. And uh, you're not going to be able to come down Main Street screaming. You know, all these these four lanes that are open right now. They'll be uh, filled with barbecue by, trucks. By, <laughs> by 6 o'clock in the morning, that, that, that you won't, it'll be, there'll be teams everywhere. And we're still seeing teams pulling in now. Uh, so. Yeah, they're. On the other end, I don't know if you've seen it since you went to Howard's, but it's it, that's up there is full. Yeah. One cool thing about doing one of these too is this could be an off-take deal. I know you got a game tonight, but you know I don't. You probably won't post this to what five or six in case we get a couple other people. Um, I hope to have it on by five. Yeah. Okay. Well, five by five or whatever. But like I said, if you're in the area, you and I both posted on our podcast. But I know Beverly took pictures up here, posted on theirs. So Lakeland Sports guys, Tom Carroll, Chris Scott, Stan Spivey, we're covering it. And uh, like I said. Get on up here. If you see us, you see us. If you don't, you missed out. Come next year. Always fun. I know Stan's got to get back to work. He's going to put us to work. Uh, we got bag peanuts. I'll tell you what, boy. I'm getting evil looks over here. So, yeah, y'all need to get back to work. All right. He's Chris Cox. That's the coach, Stan Spivey. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.